ahead and turn it over to Lisa. And you guys are going to get such a special treat tonight. So I just, I encourage you to just like get excited and get pumped up. And right now, just just say this after me. That say, I am about to receive a gift. I am about to hear something I've never heard. I am going to get a revelation tonight. <laughs> Thank you. I am excited. I am about to have my socks blessed off. And if I'm not wearing socks, that's big deal. <laughs> All right, good job. All right. So we just, just give Lisa a hand. Give her some love. Thank you. Such a pleasure to be here. Am I on? Am I good? Yes. Okay. Such a pleasure to be here to be able to share with you guys. Um, I want to pray for you real quick. Yesterday, uh, when we first started, I kind of had this picture, and I just want to pray that over you guys right now. Um, in, in one of the stories after Jesus was resurrected from the dead, and he was coming back to show himself to everybody, the disciples were in this house, and all gathering there and talking. Thanks, Taylor. And uh, one thing that happened is Jesus walked, came through the wall to see them. Has anyone read that, that story before? Awesome. What teen? Who's read it? Real quick. Who's the first? Real high. Real quick. Woo! Okay, Enoch. Okay, because you read that. Here's the $2 free snacks from the, gift, from the gift bar. There you go. $2 free. Okay. Okay. So, anyways, go read it. I'm telling you. Go read it. And what I, the picture I saw is I saw those walls up, and Jesus came in. He didn't knock and say, hello, I'm getting ready to come in. Is that okay? I'm going to freak you guys out real quick, okay? You know, or he, there was no warning. He just came through the wall. And my prayer is that whatever walls are up in your heart that you don't even see, Jesus is coming in. Sometimes there's things up that we don't even know that's there. And so I want to pray that he is just going to come right in to your heart. Amen? All right. So let's just do this. I want you to raise your hand and just like you're receiving. Like you're getting ready to be dumped on, okay? Holy Spirit, I just thank you for being here this evening. And I just ask you, dump on these precious young people. That you just enter into their hearts. You walk in through that wall. And you just make them go, whoa, it's Jesus. (laughs) And their lives will never be the same again. Thank you, Holy Spirit, just for being here. We just invite you to come. We want you here. And we need your presence. So thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. Yay, yay, yay. Okay, thank you. Okay. Next question. Got to be quick to raise your hand on this one. Who has never heard of the story of Daniel in the Bible? Never. Who has never read the book of Daniel? There we go. 
and because, I tell you what, when you say, no, I've never, that's such a, a great, that's like a vulnerable place. Give it up for, for her. That's awesome. You get free $2 snacks. See, I'm good, all right? Sometimes you're like, oh, you know the answer, good. But what about if you don't know the answer? What does that mean? Yeah, woo, it's okay, right? It's not like, oh, boo, no, yay, great. Awesome for saying that. Okay. So I'm going to talk a little bit about Daniel. So you're just hanging with me. I'm not going to go over the whole book of Daniel because that's like long and deep and I'm yeah, not going to do that. Okay. Um, but I want to give you a little bit of background about what happened. Okay. So there was a king of Babylon. And this is, a tr- this is true. Everyone say, this is a true story. So many times it's like, oh yeah, back in the Bible, roll their eyes. This is a true story. It really happened. Okay. It really did. So, there was an evil king called Nebuchadnezzar. Say Nebuchadnezzar. Okay, that's, that's difficult. We're going to call him Neb. Okay, evil king Neb. That's so much better. I like that. And he went, and he besieged. He took over the land of Judah. How many here know what Judah means? Praise! Ah, someone beat you. <laughs> Everyone says Judah means praise. Come on, again. Again. Thank you. Evil Neb came over, took over the land of Judah and their king and conquered it. And in doing so, he uh, kidnapped some young teenagers, took them back into their country, and his intentions were to, we'll read about it here in the Bible, and so I just want you to kind of get, so he's a teenager. How many of you guys here are teenagers? Woo, of course. That's right, because you all are teenagers. <laughs> all right, and who, and the, Daniel. So we have, we have, going to read about four of them. Daniel, and then we have the other three, and they're better known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Good job. You guys are awesome. Okay. And so they got, get taken hostage, pretty much. And let's look at Daniel 1, verses 3, 4, and 5. I think my, CJ, can you bring my phone up? Because that's my Bible. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so we're going to read 3, 4, and 5. It says, Then the king ordered Ashtaphelus, his chief of staff, to bring the, to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. Remember I told you that, right? Okay. Select only strong, healthy, and good-looking young men. Okay, now hold on. It's right there. Just because he captured young men does not mean this does not pertain to females. Say amen. amen. Just like in the book of Esther, when, when, when she said, you know, you were appointed for such a time as this, right? Guys can claim that one too. So, ladies, you can claim that. It's in my little eyeglass. My eyeglass, see, this is perfect. I know it, thank you. So just because they're young men does, does not mean this is only a man verse. Do you get that, girls? Thank you very much. Okay, so, well, okay. So good-looking young men. How many good-looking young men, young people, do we have here? You all better raise your hand now. Thank you. Y'all better raise your hand. Y'all are good looking. Every single one of you are good looking. Okay, 
way. Make sure they are well-versed in every branch of learning, so they're smart, are gifted with knowledge and good judgment, and are suited to serve in the royal palace. When I say one thing, um, just so you know, this is kind of Old Testament, and in the New Testament, you guys are all royalty, if you said yes to Jesus. How many of you have said yes to Jesus? Yeah, so you all are royalty. Just want to let you know that. Okay, so suited to serve in the royal place, which is you guys. <laughs> okay, train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. The king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchens. They were to be trained for three years, and then they would enter the royal service. Okay, we're going to pause right there for a second. Can you imagine being taken out of your home, your precious home, your country, the place where you grew up in, taken out of that environment to a foreign place? Can you imagine that? Yeah? They were brought to this place, and they were to be trained for three years in the ways of Babylon. So in the ways that are anti their God. Okay? They were to be learned in, like, astronomy. They were learning how their own language, a different language. They were learned in ways that were totally foreign to them. Okay? And... It wasn't like they're in this poor prison cell. They're, they're going to be giving the king's food. The king's food and the king's wine, which was pretty cool back then. Like wine, okay? That's like, whoa, you can't have wine. It's not okay now. It's okay. So that, that's what they're, that's kind of what they're, um, they were going toward there. And then we're going to go to Verse 8. So they, they have this, finding themselves in this place, and I love this, going down to this scripture. It says, And Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. Daniel was determined not to defile himself. I thought that was pretty interesting. So, notice it was Daniel who was determined, and it wasn't Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel was determined, okay? So, put that in your pocket. So, here are these young men, away from their family, learning a foreign way that's so contrary to the, the way they learned, actually being enslaved, The king had taken over their land. Judah prays. And I kind of was reading all that, and I was just, I was kept seeing this message. And I kept hearing the question that the Holy Spirit was asking. And I feel like he wants to ask you guys this, and to to, to really ponder this for a second. What if I told you that there's a good possibility 
that you've already been taken captive and you don't even know it. Maybe there's something that's taken you captive and you don't even know it. What took you from your Judah? What took you? What takes you from your praise? So we have life that we live right now. Do circumstances control you? You know, sometimes we don't get to choose what happens to us in life. How many of you guys know that? And some of you guys here have experienced that. If you were to go back when you were like four or five, and you were to envision what it was like to be a teenager, would you have guessed your life was going to look like what it does now back then? Some of you guys have been through many hardships that you didn't choose, you didn't want to go through, but yet here you were. Some of these things are divorce. Some of these things are... Abuse. Some of these things can be illness. Some of these things that, that, that you don't find everyone else is going through. They're, they're just circumstances and things in life that you're like, I am the only person who goes through this. And nobody else understands what I'm going through except for me. And so only you can answer this question. What has taken you captive? Sometimes things that take us captive is the need and desire to fit in. I mean, normally it's like being popular, but sometimes we don't think, oh, I don't want to be popular. But you definitely don't want to do anything that's going to make you stand out from anybody else. So that's kind of a fitting in thing. I am not going to do this thing because what is everyone else going to think? I am at school, I'm with my friends, and if I make this decision to go over here, what if it's worshiping God? Let's just throw that out. What if I'm giving my whole heart to, I want to worship, I want to worship, but my friends, they're going to look at me funny. Sometimes it's like, you know, I really want to go after God, but, but, but I'm just so scared because it's so embarrassing. If I really pray like I really, really want to, what are they going to say? I'm going to look different. If I, if I stand up for that one person who everyone's picking on and I befriend him or her, everyone's going to associate me with them. If I step out of my, my comfort zone, my realm here, what, what is very what I love to be in, that I'm safe in, what's everyone going to think? And you know, we think, oh, teenagers struggle with this. This is a teenage issue. That teenage struggle, you know, nah. Adults struggle with the exact same thing. Adults can struggle with the exact th same thing. Oh, I don't want to be like, I don't really have to go tell people about Jesus. Oh, I really don't need to ask to because, 
yeah, I don't, I don't know what to do. We get in circumstances too. So it's not just young people. Sometimes we think, everybody is judging me. Oh, you know what they're saying about me? Did you hear? I, I know. They looked at me. For, I know that they're saying something about me. I know it. I just know that I know. I don't like this group over here because they look at me funny. I know for a fact that if I step out of the box and go talk to somebody, this is going to happen. They're judging me. And adults do the same thing too. Don't worry. We do it all the time. Everyone's looking at me. Oh, they can tell that I'm bad. Oh, they can tell I did something wrong. Everyone's looking at me. And I want to tell you something. And it's so easy to get in this. You, you can, one day you can be like, oh, I'm fine. Everything's great. And the next day you're like, <gasps> you're faced with these decisions. It's not the booger in your nose that you can see that you're worried about. Just think, you look, go in the mirror. You're like, oh, man, dude, take out a... <laughs> took care of that. Whew. That's not what we're worried about. It's the one that's way up in there that we think's coming. There's one in there, and it, everyone's going to see it. <laughs> that's the one we stress out about. It's that one thing. It's always in our mind. (laughs) Always the things that aren't there that we focus on. I want to go to 1 Peter 5.8. I love this verse. I don't love it. I mean, you know, you can read it. Okay. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. There is a lot in there. First of all, he's an enemy. He's the devil. Second of all, he prowls around. What does it say? Like a roaring lion. Does it call him a roaring lion? (coughs) Who is the lion? Jesus. Okay. The lion of Judah. Just want to throw that in there real quick. He goes around like a lion. Like. So we have thoughts that bombard us in our head. Things that come against us during the day. Things that come against us nonstop. Things that we struggle with. God, are you really here? God, do you really care? Lord, maybe there really is something seriously wrong with me. He goes around like a roaring lion. And so when we hear these thoughts that come in, we think it's God. We think, oh my goodness, this is God. And it says a roaring lion. How many of you have ever heard a lion roar? It is loud. Does anyone agree with that? It's loud. It's the only thing you can hear. It's like, 
Rawr. I can't do it. Okay. Rawr. So it's those thoughts in our mind that yell or are screaming at us, screaming at us with accusations, and you're this, and you're that, and you're that, and blah, 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 blah. And we think, oh, this must be God. This must be God. This must be God. We don't recognize it as the enemy. In, in the culture that we grew up in, I mean, this, in this country, every country, I don't know, we grow up in the school system, which is fine. I'm not saying anything bad about school system. And we either pass or we fail in school, right? You either pass or you fail. Did you pass the test? Yes, I passed. Woo, you're good. Did you fail? I failed. Oh, you're bad. Oh, you bad. You failed? And it's so ingrained in us, because it's just the way our culture, it's nothing that, just the way it is. You go to a business, you get a job, you pass by doing well, or you fail because you get everybody's order wrong, okay? It's pass or fail, pass or fail. But the problem with that is we take it into a church, and we take it into God. Do I pass or do I fail? And we kind of get the lines crossed. We get our definitions mixed up. And we think, am I passing or am I failing? It's one of those lion things. Lion, not lying, lion things. Well, the lion, like a lion is lying. Okay. So I want to go over some things about what failing is not. Failing is not struggling. How many of you guys here struggle with things? I'm raising my hand too. <laughs> that's, not the, that's not a fail. Because you're struggling. How many of you guys are tempted to do things? I do too. That is not a fail. What about being wrong? Have you ever just, you're just wrong about something? Sometimes it's embarrassing so. Guys, just because you're wrong doesn't mean you're, you failed. Mistakes are not a fail. What about when really bad things happen in your life and we think it must be something I did? That's not a fail. You did not fail. So what is failing? Failing would be giving up and walking away. It'd be stop this, to stop pursuing God. It'd be like, yeah, I'm done. See you later. Bye. I'm done. That's where we fail. Isn't that so different from what we've grown up with and what we've been taught? Even in church, it seeps in church too. You did what? Oh, you're so bad. So we looked at some passings. What about fail things. What about passing things? What does a passing mentality look like? Because I really don't believe it looks like what we think it looks like. So we kind of tend to think passing is getting all the right answers. We think, yes, I passed. 
And some of you are a lot like me. I can't remember a right answer sometimes, and my life depended on it. (laughs) No brainiac am I. Sometimes we tend to think passing is when we're not getting into trouble, like being perfect. I never sinned in this area, so I'm good with Jesus. Right? I have all the correct friends that are really good and never do anything bad. So see, I'm really good. That's a pass, right? We tend to believe that passing means to never fail. When actually God's view of passing includes failing. A lot of times we learn more about about God when we fail. Sometimes that's when we're at our brightest. I'm just going to reference this scripture. It says in 1 Corinthians 8, 1, it talks about knowledge makes, is arrogant or puffs up, but love edifies. Or it says, but while knowledge makes us feel important, it's love that strengthens the church. So we tend to think, if I just know everything, if I get everything right, if I never mess up, if I can only be like so-and-so, then I'm going to have this huge past experience and I'm going to be totally accepted by God and everything's going to be great. But that's just not how life is. Especially when things happen that you don't choose to to happen to you. Sometimes we find ourselves in situations we never would choose for ourselves or our friends. Like, how did I fall into this thing? How did I, how am I managing this temptation? Like, wow, how did this happen, Lord? I never chose for this to happen to me when I was a young person. I never chose that. I never chose for my parents to get divorced. I never chose for me to be a failure at school. Only you can write and fill in the blank of that one thing. That one thing that's holding you hostage, that's grabbing your heart and saying, <sighs> that one thing. You know, when these young men found themselves um, in the palace, evil King, you know, Neb's palace, I'm sure their world was rocked. They never did anything wrong, and here they are, they find himself. But here's what I like it says. Let's go back to Daniel 1.8. It says, but Daniel was determined. And that's what I want to call out you young people tonight, is to be, live a life to be determined. Being determined. Determined is like strong-headed. How many of you guys are really determined at home? If I were to ask your parents, they're like, oh, 
they are, they are very determined young man or young woman. How many of you guys that say your parents? There's one hand right there. Whoosh, there we go. There we go. Very determined. Awesome. It's a great quality. And you know, because of Daniel being determined, it led three others into a path of victory. And I just want to encourage you guys to read the things that Daniel did and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Because Daniel was determined. In this life, you have to be determined. You have to make a choice to stay where you want, where you're living, or to go into the next area. It says, Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. Those were, you know, it's like, I think I was looking, listening, or thinking about this, and I was like, Okay, they had to submit themselves to three years of studying a totally foreign language, idols, astronomy, all kinds of things that were not common to these young men. And they were submitted to eating the king's food and drinking the wine. And the food and the wine were actually offered to idols. And Daniel was determined not to eat the food and the, or drink the wine that was offered to idols. Now, to you and me, we're like, eh, I don't really know what that means. Okay, that was really nice. But here's what I saw in the food and the wine. It's what are we allowing inside? What are we allowing to come into us? What are we allowing in our mind? What are we allowing in? To defile, to defile us. And what are we going to be determined about to say no more? Um, in John 4, 14. This is just kind of part of it. I think about wine real quick. I'll, I'll read that in a second. And do you know that wine really doesn't quench your thirst? Just so you know. You're outside and it's really hot. You don't run in and go, man, if I just had a glass of wine, I'd feel so much better. It's not like, no, we need water. And it's one of the things that Daniel chose. Water. He asked for water. Those who drink the water, Jesus said, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. But those who drink the water I give. So Jesus has his own stash. I'm going to read John 6, 35. Daniel also chose not to eat the food. And said he chose to eat vegetables. Did I say Jesus? I meant Daniel. I'm sorry. So Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So we see, what do we choose to put in? What do we choose to let in? We let so many things in sometimes, and I can speak for myself. We can let thoughts creep in. We can let our circumstances creep in. We can let things that have happened to us creep in. But I am determined to feed myself with different food 
than the food that life and the world and the devil brings me. I am determined to feed myself through Jesus. He is, he is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the word. Young people, you need to know truth. Food is truth. You need to know what's true in order to know, well, what am I thinking versus what does the word of God say? You've got to know truth. I have never been a big scholar person, and that's not a confession. I just, I just haven't. Some people are great, and they go to college, and they are, woohoo, wonderful, awesome, love you, praise you for that. That's, that's, that's good. But I am not that type of a learner. Okay? When I first started out in my Christian journey and knowing Jesus better, and people would be like, read your Bible, read your Bible, and I'd be like, here, can I use this Bible real quick? I'd be like, I have no idea what this, this means. I would look at it, and I would read it, ask ye of the Lord reign in the time, like, what? I'm to read this? I don't know what it's saying. But you know what? Even though I didn't know and understand what it was saying, and even though I may not have known even where to start or where to open it up, guess what? I was determined not to give up. And the Word of God is living. It's not just some book. It's living, and it's actually Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and it says he was the Word. Kind of butchered that. John 1, 1, 1, verse 1. No, chapter 1, verse something. Yeah. Want me to read it for you real quick? He's the Word. He's the truth. You have to... It's kind of like... Have you, any of you guys seen the, the Pirates of the Caribbean? Are you guys Pirates of the Caribbean fan? Okay. I know. Woohoo! I am just so bad. Yeah, bad pastor's wife. Okay. I love the... one On one of the ones, you know, the, the two pirates are growing in this boat, and this guy's looking at this Bible, and it's upside down, and he's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm reading. He's like, but you don't even know how to read. He goes, it doesn't matter. You get points for trying. <laughs> Remember that? But the thing is, is this isn't intellect. It's spirit. And as we learn, and, and you get with, with your leaders, and you say, man, I, I don't understand this word. I, I, I can't read it. I look at it, and I go, what is, I, don't, I don't know what the things are saying. Where do I even start? And it gets in your spirit. Even though you can't understand it here, it's here. It's food for your soul. It's what you need. Be determined. And what goes in your body? You need food. You need words of life. You can't depend on words from your buddies to give you life. You can't depend upon your school to give you words of life. I can say all kinds of things that tickle your tummy, and I'm not even the words of life, okay? It's only through Jesus. And through the word of God that you're going to get life. But you need to be determined. Don't be taken captive by what the world gives you. Be determined. Second thing, we had talked about the water. 
Can you go back to the, um, is that water verse? John 4, 14. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. Because a fresh, bubbly spring within them. You know what he's talking about there? He's talking about the Spirit. How many of you guys have ever heard of the Holy Spirit? Woohoo! Yes, we're serving the same God. Yay. You need Spirit. It says, Those who worship me, worship me in spirit and truth. We have to know the Spirit. Now, when we get saved, there, there is a, a part, like an indwelling. We do get the Spirit. We get His Spirit. We get His presence. You know, we, we get Him. But there's a special impartation of the Spirit, baptism of the Spirit that we get, that we ask for. How many of you guys are just so sick and tired of being just religion? By just all the rules... These are all my to-do list. This is my not-to-do list. I love what Trey said, saying yes to God. And I want to say, say yes to the Holy Spirit. This is good. The Word of God is good. You need truth, and you need the Spirit. You need His guidance. You need a drink of water. I had this, um, another picture I had yesterday during worship. And um, I thought, you know, it's hot outside. It's very hot outside. And how many of you guys are outside today? When you came inside, you're all hot and sweaty. How many of you are hot and sweaty? What was the first thing you wanted to do? Yeah, because you're muddy. Well, it was probably something else that you wanted. You probably wanted some water. And when I come in and I'm thirsty, man, I guzzle it. Like, I'm just like... Oh, my goodness. And I'm just guzzling my water. And I can drink a whole thing when I am so thirsty. And when I drink, I don't go, Oh, my goodness, Enoch's looking at me. I hope don't, don't watch, Enoch. Desiree's watching now. Like, I don't care who's watching. I'm thirsty. I'm going to drink. Right? It doesn't matter. I'm determined to drink water when I am thirsty. And when you're out in the world, you're going to get thirsty. You need to know how to drink water. I'm not talking about anything else. Let's just make sure every parent will understand that. Water. Living water. One thing I just love about worship is the time just to receive from the Lord and just to get in his presence and to totally receive. And there's such a refreshing when we get in that river called his presence. There is such a refreshing, but we're not going to get, we're not going to get um, filled if we don't drink. If I jump in a river because I'm hot, it's not going to quench the inside. 
I can stay in a lake all day long, and unless I actually drink water, nothing's going to happen to my insides. I actually have to be determined to drink the water. Some of you guys, I just feel, are so hungry for more of God. You're like, oh, I just, I want to know God more. I'm saved. I want to know God more. What else? What else? What else can I do? I, I want to know God more. How can I, how can I do this God thing more? And I would say it's time for you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's time for you to take a plunge. Living water. Living water. Some of you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, and you just haven't prayed very much lately. It's kind of been like a thing of a past, and it's time for you to be unblocked. Time for some blockages to come out. Time for some rebaptisms. As we pray in the Holy Spirit, we release on our innermost being rivers of living water that are inside of you from God. He wants you to have a drink of water. He wants you to be filled up. But you have to be determined, especially in today's age. Is we can no longer, guys, afford to sit back and just to let life happen to us. We can no longer afford to just ignore what the Holy Spirit's saying. We can no longer afford to let the enemy yell and scream lies at us and tell us how much we failed. We can no longer be deceived that we're wonderful Christians because we know things, because we know it all. There's a different, there's a time coming, and I believe the time is right now, when he is calling out Daniel's. And he's calling out for men and women to rise up and say, Will you be determined? Will you be determined? Will you stand up? And will you actually receive the call? And will you actually eat the food I give you? And be filled with waters I give you? And will you be determined, be determined to receive from me? See, some of you guys, I think, not all of you, so it's not like, Everybody, but I think some of you guys here, there's some people here who are like, you know, it'd almost be be easier, God, if you weren't even real. Because some of you guys are struggling with that. God, are you even real? God, you even care about me? And I'd say, you're here, <laughs> baby. You're here. It is not by accident that you are here. It is not by accident, darling, that you are in this place. And he wants to pour out more of his love on you. And some of you guys are like, God, how? I don't know. I, I don't have a good dad. I don't have a good mom. I don't have a good fill in the blank. I, I don't know how. Darling, he's here. And he wants to touch those spots. And some of you are here who have great parents. They're perfect. I don't, you know what I mean by that. 
They're good, godly moms and dads, and praise God for that. But you know, you have to make decisions on your own. Mommy and daddy can't make them for you anymore. They can't say, now have you read your word today, sweetheart? Have you been worshiping and praying in the Holy Spirit? Like, what's he say? They can't do that. They can't be there for you. Darlings, that's not their job. It's your job. Own it. It's time to be determined. It's time to be determined. It's time to say yes, because as you go out, you're going to be leading those Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's. They're going to follow you. They're going to say, oh, she stood up. I'm going to go with her. <laughs> I'm going to go with him. But we need those Daniels and Daniela's, I'll say, to stand up and to say, yes, I will. So I want to like to invite the ministry team to come forward. And I'd like some great, some music on. Because I just would like us to receive just some water here, refreshing soul of our soul. And if everyone would just stand. If everyone could just stand for me, please. And I just want to ha- you guys have a serious conversation with the Lord. Only you know. Ask yourself this question, these questions. Is there something that's taken you captive? Is there something that has taken you captive? That is holding you back from saying fully yes to God? Not just saying, oh yes, I'll go to church. Yes, I'm going to jump through the hoops and get the prize. Yes, I'm going to be a good person. Thing on my list. Yay. I'm talking about totally being determined to serve God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. I'm talking about even the life things that have come and you said, I didn't choose this God. I didn't choose this God. That tonight you're going to say, I am determined to choose you though. However, I am determined to go forward from this point on. I am determined of what I will eat and what I will drink. And I will not consume what the world has given me. I choose not to give. I choose not to receive the things the world has chosen for me. But I am determined to choose the food that he wants me to eat. And maybe some of you are like, Holy Spirit, that's really scary. But for some of you, that's, that's the last step you need to take. You, you like, I'll give everything but that, God. I'll give you everything but that. I don't know. I want to challenge you. Sometimes that's the thing that's holding you captive. When you can't say yes to something, that's something that's holding you captive. These awesome, powerful leaders, we're going to pray for you, and they're going to, it's a safe place. It's a safe place. Some of you are like, I prayed in tongues last year, and that's it. (laughs) There's no shame. You only fail if you stay there. Are you determined to get free? Are you determined? That's my question 
I believe you are. I believe you're determined. So I want to invite you guys just to come up. Come, let's get some prayer from one of these people. And let's just be vulnerable. This isn't a time to say, oh, you're bad, you're bad. No, this is a time to say, yay, you are determined. So I just ask you to come up and just to take the call, just to take that challenge. Let them know this is what I'm determined to do. This is what I'm determined to do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.